Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 27 through 29, about a faith that's not afraid. Since God is unseen to us, we have to walk by faith. We haven't seen him, but we love him. Now, Moses had some incredible moments with God, right? He experienced the Shekinah of God. He got about as close as a man could get, at least in the Old Testament context. And yet, Moses still had to walk by faith and not by sight. And so it was a huge, uh, you could say, expedition of faith from the beginning to the end. And James Uh, If you turn over to James chapter 5, which is the next book to your right, James comments on this idea of endurance, which is really all over our Bible, and whether Moses was dealing with uh, the fear of Egypt's wrath or the difficulty of shepherding over a million people, James 5, 9 through 11 reads this way, do not complain, brethren, against one another, 5, 9 of James, that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Think of Moses, but you can think of others. Behold, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Back to Hebrews. So the listener, the reader of Hebrews 11 might ask, how did Moses do it? <laughs> it's one thing to see a phrase, he uh, operated in faith as seeing him who is unseen. And that sounds good, doesn't it? And we, I could quote that to my friends. Moses you know, saw him who is unseen. What in the world does that mean? What does that mean to me in my life right now when everything I see in front of me is chaotic or confusing or whatever it may be? How do I have the eyes of faith? How do I do what Moses did? You might say, how did Moses do that? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth. If you look at Hebrews 12 two, a message ahead of us, how do we run the race with endurance? End of verse 1, 12 two says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's how we do it. He's the author and perfecter of faith. This is how we keep running. In the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat was facing a, a huge uh, army that was coming at him. And... Uh, this is the prayer from 2 Chronicles 12 through 12 through 15. Just listen to it. I think it's familiar. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? He's talking about the armies coming after him. For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12. And all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children, Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and he's related to a bunch of other guys. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, 
And King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. The battle is what? It's God's. See, when Jehoshaphat was overwhelmed, he prayed to the Lord and he said, Lord, and he, and he started quoting promises to God in Second Chronicles 20. If you go back and read it later, you'll see what he says. Didn't you do this? Didn't you do that? Aren't you the God who did this and that? And he prayed to the Lord. And then the Lord anointed a, a prophet. The Holy Spirit came and spoke a word. And God basically responded to the prayer and said, you're right. You've prayed to me. I'm going to deal with them. The battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. This is Psalm 34, 1 through 5. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me, delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Psalm 34, one through five. Whenever you see a person in the Bible, seek the Lord, look to the Lord, turn their eyes toward the Lord. All of these are acts of faith. And when we don't do that, they are acts of the flesh, right? I got this, I'll take care of it, or I'll look to this, 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 and this for my answers, and then maybe I'll pray, or then maybe I'll turn my eyes to the Lord. And that's not the right order. First we go to the Lord, right? And so Moses operated as seeing him who is unseen. Can I ask you, how are you doing with that? How are you doing when you deal with some fear or some difficult people around you? Well, when Moses was leading the people, and remember the story is uh, in the book of Exodus. Let's, let's uh, turn there. Here's one of the scenes that is going to be referenced in our text ahead of us, Exodus 14. And so Moses is leading the people, and there's a whole lot of opinions and Anonymous notes that get put in the box and all that good stuff. And Moses has led the people out and the Pharaoh finally has released them and he said, all right, you get out of here. You take your flocks, your herds, you take the people and go. The people were saying, get them out of here or none of us are going to be alive and off they go. And you remember they went out triumphantly and the Egyptians were burying their first dead and it was a happy day. And then they went, and if you were with us uh, when we studied the book of Exodus, they went into this place near the Gulf of Aqaba, Aqaba, and it would appear from a possible route of where they crossed that they were trapped in. They entered into one spot. There was a mountain here. There was the Red Sea here and only one opening. And through that opening, here comes the chariots and horsemen and armies of Egypt. The Pharaoh changed his mind. Can you believe it? Yeah, you can go. Get out of here. That's it. We're good. You go. You serve your God. You go and worship. Have you ever had the Pharaoh change his mind on you? You know, the, if you sit at the, at, at the table and you make a deal with the devil, watch out. Watch out because there's always some fine print. And so out they went. And the chariots and horsemen are coming and 
The Pharaoh, Exodus 14, 10, drew near. The sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened, Exodus 14, 10. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, that's a good thing. And they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Weren't there enough cemeteries back there? Why did you do this? Why did you? Whenever you're in leadership, this is, this is what can happen, right? You can get some credit, but you can also get the blame. Athletes know this very well. You can last minute drive and you win a game one week and the next week you throw an interception and all of a sudden you're the goat, right? They're not happy with you. The fans can be fickle. And so they accuse Moses. Look at what happens now. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. Now, this could be the wrath of the king uh, captured as Pharaoh was coming with the armies. And Moses said, do not fear. Have you ever said that to someone in the face of a challenge? Don't be afraid. On what basis could you ever say that to someone? Don't, don't fear. Don't, don't be afraid. It, it's good. Uh, and we can have our little phrases to try to make people feel better, like it's all good and <laughs> whatever we might say. But the Egyptian army is coming and we're trapped against the sea. What do we do now? It's all over. And here's what Moses said. Don't fear. Notice the beautiful promise. Stand by and see or stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Now, in verse 15, he tells them to go forward before the sea is parted. It's one thing if the Red Sea is already opened up. And if a voice said, or even a leader representing God said, now go forward, I would say, cool, here we go. But all there is is a Red Sea. It's one thing to be able to go forward in faith when the way is open. It's another thing when he hasn't done it yet. And I've joked before, as we get older, we kind of want to maybe go swimming, but the water has to be a certain temperature. How many of you are like that? Uh, it's got to be 85 and a half. I'm just going to stick my toe in, see if it's acceptable, right? And we're a little, we're a little wimpy. And... Moses is told, stop crying out. Tell the people to stop crying out. I want you to go forward. And this may be kind of like uh, prepare for the miracle I'm about to do. Get ready. Some of you need to mark this. Go forward. Stop being stalled by fear. As you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand, 16, over the sea and divide it, and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Now, you know what the Lord did. The angel of God 
divided the camps and the people experienced the light all night long and the Lord opened up the way. And part of the miracle was that Israel crossed over on dry land. It would have been extremely difficult to cross a soggy bottom of an ocean, right? But it was all dry land and an east wind blew all night long. That's part of the miracle. And then they crossed over. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. He tells them to go forward before the sea is parted. It's one thing if the Red Sea is already opened up. And if a voice said, or even a leader representing God said, now go forward, I would say, cool, here we go. But all there is is a Red Sea. It's one thing to be able to go forward in faith when the way is open. It's another thing when he hasn't done it yet. And I've joked before, as we get older, we kind of want to maybe go swimming, but the water has to be a certain temperature. How many of you are like that? Uh, It's got to be 85 and a half. I'm just going to stick my toe in, see if it's acceptable, right? And we're a, little, we're a little wimpy. And Moses is told, stop crying out. Tell the people to stop crying out. I want you to go forward. And this may be kind of like uh, prepare for the miracle I'm about to do. Get ready. Some of you need to mark this. Go forward. Stop being stalled by fear. As you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand, 16, over the sea and divide it, and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Now, you know what the Lord did. The angel of God divided the camps and the People experienced the light all night long and the Lord opened up the way. And part of the miracle was that Israel crossed over on dry land. It would have been extremely difficult to cross a soggy bottom of an ocean, right? But it was all dry land and an east wind blew all night long. That's part of the miracle. And then they crossed over. 
But even crossing over is a challenge. Let's, uh, we'll flip back and forth between Exodus and Hebrews, but let's go back to Hebrews just for a second. So Moses' faith in verse 27 was, he saw him who is unseen. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three big points. Moses, number one, had the eyes of faith. Moses, based on verse 27, had the eyes of faith. And I tried to dig down a little bit to help us all know what that looks like. The eyes of faith are whenever I turn to the object of my faith, which is Christ or which is God. Amen? How do you get eyes of faith? How do you increase your faith? You've got to turn towards the object of your faith. And in essence, turn away from other things that deplete your faith. So number one, Moses had the eyes of faith. Look at verse 28. We're only doing three verses. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. Now, Moses' instruction in verse 28, you could call the promise of faith. Here's what he had. First, he had the eyes of faith. He didn't fear the wrath of the king. He told the people not to be afraid, led them out, led them through, as we'll see in a moment. But now he had a promise. And here's what the promise was. The 10th plague in Egypt, as I think you all know, was the plague of the death of the firstborn. And in order to uh, survive that judgment, the instruction to Moses was given in the sprinkling of the blood. We find out from Exodus 12, as we study the passage, that they were to take hyssop, they were to dip it in the blood, and they were to put the blood, the lamb's blood, on the doorposts, as you recall, and the lentil, the, the top of the door. They sealed the door in blood, in the sprinkling of the blood. And Moses basically had instruction from God that I'm going to pass over Egypt on that night, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and my judgment won't come. Now, Bible students, everybody step back for a second and think of the audience receiving the letter. What's their struggle right now? They've had their eyes on persecution, difficulty, maybe other believers, professed believers who are falling away, and friends tempting them to go back to the law, go back to bondage, go back to the temple, come back under the law, come back under the sacrificial system. The temple's still standing We've already shared that in about five years it will be demolished. They don't know how short the window is that they have to endure, and neither do we. Sometimes we feel like our, I'm going to have to endure forever. And, and the writer of Hebrews is saying, would you look to your heroes? Would you see what Moses did? Step back. Don't go back to that temple. There's nothing there for you. That The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away your sin. Don't go back. Don't put yourself under that, that bondage again. It's, it was for freedom that Christ set you free, Galatians 5.1. Don't come under a yoke of slavery again. And here, what's the, the issue for the Hebrew believers if, as you look at and think about verse 28? The issue is whether or not the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save or if some of my Hebrew friends are right and what I really need is the full uh, law of Moses dietary sacrificial system, you fill in the blanks. You all know what I'm saying right now? Think about the original audience. Think about the, the issue is, 
is the blood of Christ enough? Do you have some friends who say to you, you, you guys actually believe that when you trust in Christ, his blood, his death is applied to you, his resurrection, and, and you're saved and you're good? That's what you believe? Don't you have to do 25 more things consistently for the rest of your life? And, my, and our answer is no. Now, we want to do many things as a thank you to God. Amen? I do what I do in response to the great price that's been paid, not to earn my salvation. I cannot add one thing to the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Amen? But God still has expectations of me. This is not a cheap grace thing. But Moses was told, this is how the people are going to be saved. The covenant people are going to have to apply the blood of a lamb. Now, can you imagine maybe somebody saying, oh, come on, really? I mean, we've been good through the first nine plagues, even when it was dark over there in Goshen. It was light. I don't think I need to apply the blood. No, you need to apply the blood because the only way the Lord's not going to judge that house is if the blood is applied to the door. Now, what's interesting is in the ancient world, the ancients would actually make covenants at the threshold of a home when a groom carries his bride across the threshold, that's kind of a, a drawback or a, a connection back to the ancient idea of making covenants at the threshold of a home. And when the blood was put on the door, God was saying, this is the way that you will honor a promise I have made, a covenant I have made. And when I see the blood, that's when I will know you are in covenant with me when you have obeyed, when you have applied the blood to your life. It's not enough to be part of a Hebrew household. It's not enough to have the right address in Goshen. You must apply the blood. And for the readers of the original letter, this is what they've been told. It's the blood of Christ that saves you. He is our Passover lamb. There is no other way. There is no religious system that can save you. It is Christ that saves and Christ alone. And the writer of Hebrews is saying basically to these people, don't you realize that all the people that you celebrate as heroes had to deal with similar things? They had to wrestle through these things and stand upon promises. Number one, Moses had the eyes of faith, verse 27 Number two, verse 28, Moses stood on the promise of faith. He did what he was told. He told the people, apply the blood. Now, if you're a believer and you have any capacity to share with other people, that's what you have to say. This is, this is the gospel. This is the good news. You have to have the work of Christ applied to your life. You've been listening to A Faith That's Not Afraid, Part 5 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 27 through 29. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. 
Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Hey, we're so glad you're aboard. If you're new to our program, welcome aboard. We've been teaching you through the book of Hebrews, and uh, it's been an exciting journey through the great hall of faith. I pray that your faith has been encouraged. Hey, if you want to know more about us, if you'd like to give to the ministry or find out more about the church behind the ministry, you can go to our website. It is walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Check it out. You can find out how to give. You can find out who we are. You can even put comments about how the ministry has been a blessing to you or prayer requests and the like. It's all available at walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 27 through 29, about a faith that's not afraid. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.